Hello everyone and welcome back to Studio C Sports. I'm Matt Hale, joined here by Alex Krein and Luke Chernowski, though technically not joined here because we're all in separate locations. Alex has gone back to school. He's off in the state of Indiana. Luke and I are still here in Illinois. So we're, we're trying something a little different, but we're still going to be talking sports, doing the same old, same old. So how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Doing all right, uh, even if I'm in West Lafayette. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And last night, Bears game, second, well, technically third preseason game. Sure. Second week of preseason. Thoughts? Well, we, the offense got a little bit of extended work this week, which is nice. They didn't just uh, do two series and call it a day. They managed to score a touchdown. Did look a little sloppy, though. What do you think, Alex? Uh, yeah, I definitely thought there was a decent amount of mistakes. I'd like to see him clean it up a little bit. I mean, you saw a couple of the penalties. Charles Leno had that holding. I thought he went offsides. They called it on um, the right tackle. but And then, obviously, the big mistake was Mitch fumbling the snap in the end zone. You, you hate to see that. Well, they had uh, snap problems all week in camp, but that was not the case there. He just dropped that one. I was really hoping it would be like a snap issue when they went to the replay, and Mitch just, I don't know, he just lost it. He looked up or something. Yeah, he was backed up in his own end zone. He was probably a little nervous. I don't know why they caught the punt at the five. Who fair catches a punt at the five, but yeah. whatever, I guess. Well, okay, so I was at work yesterday. Didn't get a chance to catch the game. Who stuck out? Who was that player of the week? I thought Anthony Miller had a great showing. He had that uh, that big catch to Trubisky, which was also a fantastic throw. It was ridiculous. And then he also caught a, a drag route with the second-team offense and stiff-armed a uh, defender to get some extra yards. I thought he had a really good game. Did you like the way he danced out of the end zone there? I did. The <laughs> I think the other standout was Trey Burton. I mean, obviously he caught that touchdown. He looked like he performed the reason that we paid him top five tight end money for smooth him. i mean smooth he looks smooth getting it out yeah exactly smooth getting in and out of his breaks good hands i mean four receptions for it was 45 yeah four receptions for 45 and a touchdown i mean pretty good numbers for only playing one half so i, th- I thought trey burton was a big standout in that game yeah and you know um, but i uh, usually you know this early in camp with a new player you don't really see that kind of chemistry and connection that i mentioned uh him seem to have but it really looks like they have a good connection going well, and he even tweeted about it, and his at is at Trey Burton 8, by the way, our at, at Studio C Sports. He tweeted, because the NFL posted a video, are you excited for the Mitchell Trubisky and Trey Burton connection <laughs> yeah, in 2018? Yeah. And then he quote tweeted, mm-hmm. he said, I am, uh, I, I love that. I love when... It seems like a, they're having a good time. Right. Well, I love when players are excited for the season. I mean, I, I would think that'd be a given... But when the team just seems to be having fun and meshing well, it's exciting to see. It has a good vibe, Matt. The season this year has a different vibe than it has in years in the past. It's really exciting. Yeah, last year with Mike Lennon as the starter, I just I could, it was really hard to get excited yeah. to watch like a Bears game, honestly, with Mike Lennon back there. But. All preseason, it was just like, man, Mitch was a lot better than Mike this week. Man, Mitch looks really good. Man, when is Mitch going to start? Yeah. This year, it's just like, hey, we have some great players now. Let's go have fun. It's a pretty complete roster. Yeah, and filling out that roster is the newly signed Roquan Smith, finally a Bear. He's back. So, thoughts on the whole process? Glad that it's over, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm glad that it's over. It was really starting to stress me out a little bit. I I do think that um, they kind of had... Around this time in mind to get it done in time to play for week one. 
uh, I don't want to say a deadline or anything like that, but they definitely gave himself time to possibly work himself into the starting lineup. Right, well, and he was working with the second team this past week from what I heard. Yeah, they're not just going to give it to him right away. Kwiatkowski, we've talked about before, has had a pretty good camp, and he didn't play too bad in the the game either, which Roquan did not play in, obviously. He only had, what, two padded practices in between, maybe one. Yeah, no, he didn't play. Right, I mean, you're not going to just throw a guy out there because he'll get ripped up. You know? No, I would be interested to see if he has a good week of practice if they start him for game three. Yeah, I could see that. I don't, I don't know if they'll start him. He'll play for sure. But I could see him at least playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah getting out there. He, he's a great like sub linebacker, like third down. He's he's really quick and good in coverage. Like I could see them like starting him off, but maybe a little bit slower. Smart guy too. He, I, he'll definitely he'll definitely earn the starting spot. I mean, number eight pick, like he's gonna right. He's gonna start right. Okay, so moving on, we want to cover the defensive side of the our last episode. We covered the offensive stuff, so now we're going to dip a little bit into defense. So let's start out D-line. Who we got there, Alex? All right, so for defensive ends, um, obviously we have Akeem Hicks and Jonathan Bullard as the starters. Second string, D-ends, Bilal Nichols, Roy Robertson-Harris, and then third string, Nick Williams and Kayvon Walker. Um, and these are the three four ends uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. So they're inside. They're not uh, generally like the pass rushers. And then nose tackle, we got Eddie Goldman starting, John Jenkins second string, and Abdullah Anderson uh, for the third. Yeah, string. that's right. And uh, pass rushers and D line are kind of your area of expertise, Alex. You want to break down any of these guys for us? I, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but Jonathan Bullard. Every time I watch him, his first step is just so quick. I really think if he can put it all together, get his hips and his hands right, he could definitely be a force on the opposite side of Akeem Hicks. Um, I don't see him getting very many double teams, so he, if he can win those one-on-one matchups with his first step and start to develop secondary moves, that, that'd be huge. Obviously, Akeem Hicks is Pro Bowl-level defensive end, interior lineman. Uh, snubbed, but Pro Bowl-level. And then Eddie Goldman is solid. I don't think there's there's not much negative you can say there. So I definitely think our inside starting defensive line is as solid as it gets, really. Yep. Um, why don't you, uh, I'm sure Bears fans are still pretty used to the 4-3 defense that they ran in the Urlacher years. Do you want to just mm-hmm. give a quick breakdown of what the purpose of these D linemen generally are for in a 3-4 defense? Generally, it's it's more of like the run Black stuffing, uh, less of the pass rushing. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you want them to eat up double teams eat up as many bodies so you can get the outside guys one-on-one. With, like, Leonard Floyd and our other outside linebackers that we're going to later, it's more advantageous for them to be one-on-one, obviously. And then for the big guys up front, typically the 3-4 inside linemen are bigger than the 4-3 inside linemen for the position defensive end for defensive end. All right. Okay. So moving on, we're going to go to the outside linebackers. What do we think about that position for the Bears? Um, well, Lucas, you said that Leonard Floyd had a little uh, bit of They said he had a there. little bit of a hand injury. Matt Nagy thinks it's not a fracture, so I don't foresee him missing any time. But he's kind of your main guy there. Yeah, Leonard Floyd is who they're looking for to be the bell cow. Yeah, the bell cow, if you will, a pass rusher, double-digit guy. Um, again, we're looking for him, hopefully, to make a big step this year and get to those that 10-sack number. That'd be huge for him. I don't think a hand injury would really... Holding back too much. Although I was watching him when he was playing, and I did think that his hands looked pretty quick. 
that we've been talking about it the past couple of podcasts. It's something that we're looking for for Leonard Floyd to develop, like the secondary moves, like I mentioned earlier. I saw him try to go to the inside a little bit, um, use his hands to get around some defenders. He actually got double teamed a few times, so didn't get to the quarterback, but looked a little bit promising. As far as opposite of Leonard Floyd, we're still looking for someone. I mean, I don't know if Sam Ocho is that guy. Sam Ocho's okay. Like he's he's a fine starter, but he's not, not a pass be, rusher. Yeah, he's not anyone that anyone's worried about. Okay, so is Khalil Mack potentially that guy? Trade rumors out there? <laughs> well, there is no doubt that if Khalil Mack was on this team, he would be the guy. He's an established pass rusher for sure. He's in a 4-3 scheme right now, so technically he plays in, but he would not play in for us because, uh, as we talked about a little bit, the positions are a little bit different there when you talk about the different schemes. As for what it would take to get him, people are saying two firsts. I heard that a first, a quality player, and a mid to late round pick might do the trick, which we've talked about this before a little bit. Depending on how Roquan comes back and uh, Nick Kwiatkowski is playing, I would be very interested in seeing if a first round pick, Danny Trathan, which they have a hole at inside linebacker, and um, some sort of like fourth or fifth round pick would do the trick for them. I would make that trade in a heartbeat. I don't know if Oakland would. I don't know how upset they are with Khalil Mack, but that's like the big hole on this Bears defense is, uh, is that outside edge rusher, and you really can't rely on Leonard Floyd yet. I mean, this hand injury, even if it's not serious, it's a good reminder that he hasn't been able to play a full season in the NFL yet. And Khalil Mack is about as good as it gets. I mean, as far as top-tier pass rushers, he's one and two with Von Miller, at least in my opinion, so it'd be a huge, and I, I, the trade that you laid out, I mean, I think any team in the league would do that. In a heartbeat, and they always say that the team that's trading away the superstar never wins. So I'm not sure what their problem with Kula Mac is, but if it's big enough, I'd be very yeah, happy to, to take them off their hands. All. And the Bears have the cap space for it. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh yeah, no. definitely, definitely. Moving on to inside linebacker. Obviously, we got to talk about Roquan, but who else is in the mix there? All right. So right now on the depth chart, the starters are Nick Wachowski and Danny Trevathan. Second string, we got John Timu and Roquan Smith. Third string, Jonathan Anderson and Iggy. And others, we have Roderick Hoskins and Josh Woods. How many uh, guys do you think they're going to carry at inside linebacker, Alex, if you had to guess? Don't think Roderick Hoskins and Josh Woods will be on the roster. But I do think, I mean, they carried three strings last year. And I'd like to see him hold on to Iggy, too, because we just drafted him. He's, I mean, Timu's yeah, slotted like, ahead of him right you know, What's the upside with Timu? You know, you don't draft a guy in the fourth round and cut him for a guy like Timu, I don't think. Well, Timu was solid when he had sure. a starting role last year. Sure, but I mean, he's, he played all right. He's a good, he's a valuable backup veteran presence. I mean, I think you keep him. I'd say probably, you don't, you don't want to keep Timu? No, he's too small. He's too small. He did it at Western Kentucky, but he can't do it in the NFL. I'm sweat. So you uh, carry um, Roquan, Trevathan, Kwiatkowski, and Iggy is what I think. I don't think you carry much more than four. All right. I, I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't I, know. that's who I would carry if it was up to me. Because, yeah. I mean, say so you don't trade Trevathan. Now, if you did trade Trevathan, obviously you'd carry another guy on top of that because you'd want the double backups. But I don't really understand. You know, Trevathan's a veteran. He's the veteran presence you need. And Timu is slow and unathletic, to be honest with you. And uh, they just drafted him. <laughs> they're not going to get rid of him. Brutal. I'm sure they see him as a piece of valuable depth and a special team in their future. You don't cut fourth-round picks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, I could see him just keeping the four. But yeah. Fair enough. So moving on, we're gonna go to the corners. Thoughts on the depth there? Um, briefly, when it comes to last night's game for the 
preseason against the Broncos. Bryce Callahan was playing outside corner. No Mukamara last night. In the slot. And yeah, no Mukamara. Bryce Callahan, uh, I don't think he played that great at outside corner. He's a good slot, but uh, he got beat a couple times. Hey, I, I don't care how he played. I don't care if he gave up every single pass in the game. We we support Bryce Callahan in this podcast. We are Bryce Callahan fans. He's yeah, he's good in the slot, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, obviously he's you got expect him to be out there. You expect Fuller to be out there. I was really hoping to see you better mm-hmm. from um, Tolliver, that undrafted out of LSU, but he really didn't have a great game either. I'm really worried about the depth at outside corner, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean after Kyle Fuller and Amukamara. Um, like I said, we have Bryce Callahan, but he didn't show right. too great at outside corner. And then we also have Marcus Cooper, Doran Grant, Cravon LeBlanc, Michael Joseph, John Franklin III, uh, Tolliver, like you mentioned, and then Shane. Now, are the corners that um, Cravon LeBlanc is a slot corner as well. Right, right. So he's Callahan's backup. It's not how they lift. On their uh, depth chart, they just have outside corners. They don't have slots. But, but yeah. Which is right. Um, I think Cooper's hurt, too, which doesn't bode well for his chances of making the roster because he's played terrible, and now he's not available. I thought it was interesting yeah. that they went with Bryce Callahan on the outside and then Corayvon LeBlanc in the slot as opposed to putting one of the outside corners out there to replace him. Um, I think that shows me that they're really not happy right. with their depth at outside corner, and they really have to hope that Amukamara and Fuller stay healthy. Okay. So, last but not least, we have the safeties. Thoughts on the depth for the Bears? I mean, I think that the safeties, as far as starters go, uh, definitely one of the better position groups that the Bears have with Eddie Jackson and Amos. I mean, I think Amos was the highest uh, pro football rated safety Pretty close in the up league there, last one or two. I think Harrison mistaken. Smith might have edged him out. Oh, really? Yeah, you're right, you're right. And then uh, Eddie Jackson is the, the free safety there. I think that's a really nice one-two combo. Amos can play in the box. He's a bigger guy. And then Eddie Jackson um, being the free safety back there, the ball hawk. Definitely a good one-two combo with the, the safeties. And then backing them up, Deion Bush uh, behind Eddie Jackson, DeAndre Hall behind Amos, and then DeAndre Houston Carson, third-string free safety, and Jonathan Mincy as third-string star. Uh, I think that they're high on Houston Carson, actually. He's had a pretty good camp, and he's one of the core special teamers, right? So you know he's going to make the team as a special mm-hmm. teams player, but I think he has a higher hopes for that. I think that DeAndre Hall and Houston Carson are a little bit better than people give them credit for. I don't know if I'd be comfortable with either of them as starters right now. Maybe Houston Carson in that strong safety slot more so, but... I mean, I've seen Houston Carson's name pop up all the time just watching the preseason. He's always out there batting passes away and making plays. So, Yeah, I, I definitely think the safety depth is better than the depth at corner. I, I, you know, I'm really just worried about, I think, this team yeah, in definitely. general. Um, in this stage of their little rebuild that they're in right now when Ryan Pace took over and had to tear down the roster, they have some pretty solid starters in almost every position. But in most uh, position groups, I'm really worried about the depth. Yeah, other than, I'd say, defensive Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with what inside linebackers okay, interior O-line is okay, but besides that, the depth is a huge concern still. Yeah, I agree. In the end, what grade would you give the Bears defense? uh, Mm. They were 9th and 10th in total defense and points allowed last year. I don't see any real reason why they wouldn't be hovering around there this year. They even had injuries last year, and they still were pretty good. Uh, they kind of fell apart a little bit in the, right. the last game, but nobody even played in that game. Like, everybody was hurt and done with the uh, season by then. But mm-hmm. the edge 
concerns me more so than it did last year. And another thing is they haven't looked great in the preseason, but mind you that their defense is based on a lot of Vic Fangio advanced scheming that you're not going to see in the preseason, so I wouldn't worry about that too much. Like they, they manufacture a lot of pressure and stuff like that, so I wouldn't be too worried about that in the, as far as the preseason because they've been pretty medi- mediocre in the preseason. I still think they looked solid against yeah, the Yeah, they didn't in the first game. game. The starters. No, they didn't. Trade them against back. The, the Broncos, which, t- yeah. Yeah, they did look okay. And Hicks didn't play too much. He, he just doesn't need the reps, you know. And they yeah, play him too much to begin with, so any time off is good for him. What was the grade there, Luke? Yeah, what was the grade? Like a letter grade? Yeah. Or like where do I think they're finishing the league? I think they'll be around the top ten again. I mean, hovering around there. If we're going letter, I'd say... Starters B plus, backups like C minus. <laughs> like if they trade for Quill Mac, then I expect them to be a top five defense. If not, I think having around like top twelve would be pretty good for them. It's a big if. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was going to give them a letter grade, probably B minus as a whole. The, the depth concerns mm. me. Um, they don't yeah. have a lot. I like I imagine if if Leonard Floyd's injury is serious, and man, they have nothing at the hedge position. Yeah. And they're going to play, too. Like, like these backups that are playing and, like, you see them, like, someone's going to get hurt. These guys are going to have to play, so the depth is a really important part of the team. So what do we want to see in preseason week three? Cody Parkey to make the field goal. Oh, man. <laughs> we should talk about the special teams a little bit because it was pretty bad the other day, actually, now that I think about it. Like, they caught – they fair caught – a punt at the five, and then they also just caught a punt and tried to return it at the two. Like, what were they thinking? Like, that's not what you do. You know what I mean? Like, why would you catch? Why would you feel the punt at the yeah. own two yard line? Like, no one would do that. I don't know if it's it's guys trying to make the roster. Well, it was Craven LeBlanc. He's making the roster. Make something out of nothing, or the only thing I don't know, that man. I can think of is they told them to try and return everything. Which I guess makes sense in a preseason game, but especially with the first when there was the first team offense out there, I would not have done that. I think that was a really bad idea. Yeah, I would have let it bounce as well. Well, I think I think that might be part of it, like you were just saying, where it's not just about the guy who's returning the punt or the kick or whatever. It's about watching how all of those little special teams guys work yeah, yeah. when it comes to making blocks That's or stuff true. like that. So it might just be more for the purpose of getting tape on some of those guys doing what they do. Yeah, I think you're right about that. But still, it's a bad look. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't want to see any part of the game be sloppy. Offense, defense, or special teams. Even if it's just special teams, you don't you want to make them seem yeah, disciplined. I don't even want to get into Cody Park. We'll just see what happens with that. I mean, they were kind of long. They were 52-yard <laughs> field goals. Those aren't gimmies, but they gave him a, a good amount of money. In Denver, both, though. Both games, he missed a 52-yarder in both games. I, you still and he didn't wasn't short he just pushed it, you know. Yeah. So I I yeah. I'm not gonna get too deep into that. Hopefully he, you know, he's in just in a little slump or something. Fifty two yarders are the gimmies. He did hit a forty three yarder, which is you know pretty standard. But yeah, I don't even want to get into the field goal thing. It's the Robbie Gould curse coming back. <laughs> well, hey, Roberto Aguayo is supposedly climbing the depth Stop. chart at he wherever had, he, he had, landed. We had our chance. So, we kept Connor Barth. I mean, say, you know. So. All right, we should have just yeah. held out. That's that's on us. Cody Parkey was good in Miami. I I so. don't know what his problem is right now, but I expect him to work it out. You said it. It's the Robbie. Yeah, Gold we should not have let him go. That that was definitely Ryan Pace's biggest mistake. I think he's done really good as the GM, but the the Ryan or the Robbie Gold 
Speaking of Ryan Pace mistakes, uh, um, decent catch and run for uh, Kevin White yesterday. Yeah, oh, Kyle Screen made a guy or two miss and uh, picked up a first down, like 10, 11 yards or so. Didn't get hurt. Yeah, it was crazy. He didn't deny yeah, I think it was good for his Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when you don't well, he just, immediately he made a good die play. You know what I mean? When's the last time you've seen him ball? make a good play? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he was in a <laughs> West Virginia like, I'm not worried about him <laughs> getting hurt again because if he's going to get hurt again, he's going to get hurt again. I haven't seen him prove to me that he's a good football player yet. Like, in that one play that he made for what we need him to be was was a good sign for me and him, I think, um, just to show that he can actually play yeah. football, which I think he can. Uh, I just need to see it. And that's a big sign of growth, I feel, from last year to this year. Last year he got hurt. We were kind of like, oh, that's, that's not good for us. That kind of sucks. This year it's like if he comes back and does great, awesome. If he doesn't, it doesn't really matter because we have a bunch of other guys who can do the job. I just, you know, he's just a guy that you feel for, so I really want to see him do well. Yeah, I'm rooting for him for sure, but I don't know. Low expectations, I guess. Okay, so any final football thoughts? No, the uh, season will be here before you know it. Looking forward Very to true. it. Very true, and college football also upon yes. us, but... We'll get to that at a later point in time, probably the next episode. Definitely the next Definitely episode. Definitely the next episode. All right, we're going to do a total flip here. Alex, say goodbye to the listeners <laughs> for about 20 minutes. We're going to dip into some baseball. So, Luke, you want to start with your socks? Not a whole lot of new stuff going on with the White Sox, to be honest with you. R- uh, Rodon had a, another pretty good start since we last talked. Um, starter two. Um, he clearly looks like he's ace material to me, to be honest with you. It's never been a problem with his talent. It's more about him staying healthy because um, he's very good, and he's a lefty too, which is very, very useful in today's MLB. Um, yeah, but he, he's going deep into games. He's not walking a lot of guys. Um, he's not letting up a lot of runs, and that's what you want to see out of him. As for the uh, important part of the White Sox right now, down on the farm, uh, same old, same old. Eloy is really, really, really good at baseball. I think they want that extra year of control. The la- the longer it goes, the more. That's what I think, and it's really kind of a bummer to me because they're going to have to give him a contract extension anyway, right? Like, it's not like, you know, this one year is going to make a huge difference in the grand scheme of things. Get him that experience that he needs. And then um, Kopech also said that he is he thinks he's ready to be on the, uh, in Chicago, he said in an interview after another one of his dominant starts that he's been stringing together. So clearly, I think these guys are starting to get antsy, at least Kopech. Um, maybe not Eloy as much since he's recently in AAA, but Kopech's been there all year. I have never seen. He's just ready. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that he's ready. I don't think there's anything else for him to learn down there, to be honest with you. Fair enough. I mean... Are the early season concerns with Kopech the thing that's keeping no, him No, I think from it's the extra up? year of control they want. I really do. Here's my thing. So he started off the year dominant, right? Really started off the year hot. Then he went through a little bit of a cold stretch. And then one of the things that Rakan said he wanted to see was how these guys bounce back from adversity before they called him up, right? So he went through his cold stretch, and now he's on fire again. So clearly he's shown that he can bounce back from a few rough outings uh, stretched together to a uh, go back to who he thinks uh, he should be. And, you know, for me, that's the last box that I would need to see checked. Um, I can give it to Eloy that he hasn't had a slump yet (laughs) because he's too good. But um, I'm sure he will eventually. 
And, you know, that would be the last box for me to check. How you you respond to adversity, and uh, Kopech has checked that box. Okay. Don't forget about Cease. Don't forget about Dylan Cease and mowing him down. See, I'm I'm less concerned about him because he's not projected to go off as much as Eloy. Yeah, Eloy's a generational talent. Kind of stinks. Cease, um, he had the elbow injury, I believe, when he was with you. Since he's uh, come back and been playing for us, he's been mowing them down recently. Um, he looks really good, too. I expect him to be up late next year, early the year after, something around there. I mean, I if you want Jose Quintana back, you can I have don't. him and then we'll take those You guys can go back. ahead and keep them in. <sighs> Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, again, some Cubs pitching that is coming together amazing after basically getting him for nothing. Cole Hamels going toe-to-toe with Max Scherzer last Sunday. Beautiful. I loved it. It was it was great. And then David Bodie with the walk-off Grand Slam. Like, come on now. At the beginning of the season, how many Cubs fans do you think even knew who David none. Bodie was? And that's what I love about this team. Sorry, I'm just I just want to go off on this real quick. I love this team because... When it comes to position players, anyone can do anything on any day. And I get that's how baseball works. But it just seems like for the Cubs specifically, some like, okay, Rizzo's in a slump. Boom, Albert Elmore is going to go off. Someone else is in a slump. Boom, Javi is going to be better than he's been in his entire career. All of a sudden, David Bodie, ooh, or Ian Happ. You know, all these guys just keep springing up out of nowhere and that's a credit to Theo and Jed. I it's just it's exciting to watch. And even the bullpen. I mean, we have Steve Ciszek who yeah, he does the weird throw thing, but other than that, I don't know if you expected him to be much and he's gone and done amazing. Carl Edwards Jr. has picked up his game. I think Wilson is looking good. Who else? I mean Brandon Morrow is out and Pedro Strope, I think, for the most part. There, there are moments where he has some off pitches and whatnot, but he's filled in that role pretty well. The only spot where we can't seem to do the same thing is starting pitching, and it's a little frustrating, but the guys are looking a little bit better in his last start. Kyle Hendricks looking good until he gave up a couple runs late. John Lester looked like he was putting it together a little bit the other night, or not the other night, but a couple nights ago. I'm feeling better about this team. I'm, I'm not feeling like we're going to go and win it all. I think we're definitely going to make it into the playoffs. I don't know that that's a question at this point. The Cardinals have been hot, and that's great, but I really don't think they have what it takes to overcome the Cubs and neither do the Brewers. And that's just my opinion, but I just I think we have the lead and yeah, what it, it, it would actually point. definitely be considered a, a collapse if they were to not make the playoffs at this point, especially even as a wild card. Um, so they do have the best record in the NL still, but you know, I, I don't foresee them losing their division either, even as hot as the Cardinals are. I think the Cardinals will sneak into the playoffs on the back end there, but uh, I think the Cubs should be okay if they can uh, continue at a, a decent pace. And actually, as we're recording this, I'm getting news on my phone from Bleacher Report, you Darvish pulled after a warm-up pitch before the no. second inning today. No. Don't like to see I, I think, that. I think he's in, in his head that. a little bit. 
Oh, I think it's entirely mental at this point. I, I truly do. I don't know what, what you want to call it. If it's like the yips or whatever name you want to put on it. And I get it, kind of. It sucks because I'm sure he goes out there and he means to do well and he doesn't mean to go out there and, you know, stink up the place. But it's just in his head at this point because he's been shell-shocked so many times where, you know, with the Dodgers in the World Series and with the Cubs early on, he wasn't doing too hot. And I don't know if there's just a mental barrier that he can't get past. I mean, at this point, I think all Cubs fans have kind of written him off for the season. If he comes back, great. Fantastic. I don't know that he's going to be Rangers, you Darvish. I don't think we're going to see that ever. But I think he could still be a decent starter when he finally comes back and gets into that proper headspace. But yeah, that hurts. And Morrow obviously being gone, even though I said the bullpen looking pretty solid, still a little eh. Like, I'd, I'd rather have him back, obviously. And then Bryant being out, and I was listening to the score this past week, and Joe Madden admitted that when he comes back, he's probably not going to be at 100%. So for the rest of the season, we're not going to have Chris Bryant at his best, which Chris Bryant being who he is, that means we're still going to get a really good player back. We're just not going to get the MVP caliber guy that we are used to, which is a little scary. But we have enough depth that I feel decent moving forward. Again, I just, I'm putting this down now. I don't think we win it. I think we go deep into the playoffs, maybe even touch the World Series. I don't know. I'm, you know knock on wood. I feel good, but not good enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really think it's your year this year. Uh, I just don't think you quite have the pitching to win it all. You know, that's what wins in the playoffs. Even if they shrink down the rotation a little bit for the postseason, which obviously teams do all the time, I would feel a little bit nervous. You know, I think one thing we do got to talk about is Oakland in the MLB. Yeah, they've been insane. They have been insane, and I will give credit to them. Uh, What's-his-face? Chapman has been crazy. He came out of, I don't want to say nowhere, but essentially out of nowhere. They're tied with uh, And they've now. just been putting it together. It's been insane. Yeah. It's yeah, wild. That is incredible. How good I, I don't remember seeing something like that recently. Other stuff going on. Uh, Boston holding on to their lead in the East. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point that if they don't win it all, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked. And I don't even have to knock on wood for that one because <laughs> if they lose, it's not going to affect me either. Yeah, that, It'll affect Jeff. friend of the show, Brian McClellan. And Jeff. And Jeff, right. I always forget Jeff's a Red Sox fan. I don't know why. I think at this point, you pretty much, if you're a baseball fan, you accept that it's probably not your team's year. You're probably going to just have to give in to the Red Sox and know that that's how this is going to end. But, obviously, if the Red Sox, you know, if someone got injured here or there, I wouldn't be the most upset. I mean, Chris Sale back to the DL, I haven't looked at it too closely, so I don't know if that's just another case of them resting him or what the case may be. That's pretty much my feelings there. I do have some pretty strong feelings about another bit of baseball goings-on. The Acuna situation where he was thrown at first pitch of the game. I hate that. I hate it so much. Because everyone is talking all the time about, oh, we got to grow the game. we got to make the game better. 
And what do you do? You let a nobody throw at one of your young stars who has hit eight home runs in eight games, and you're going to let some nobody get away with that and give him a six-game suspension? That's nothing, especially for a pitcher. That's one start. That is nothing. If you want to send a message, you have to get him out of there for the rest of the season, I think. Some people might say, oh, that's harsh. But guess what? It's not 1978 anymore. We don't throw at guys just because they're outplaying you. That is the most childish and just dumb thing. Because what's the guy going to do? He can't charge the mound because then he's going to get suspended. And if you're the Braves and you're in a playoff race, you're not going to risk that. So what the, you know, I get it, the Marlins are garbage this year, and Jose Urania, or however the hell you say his name, is apparently on some mission to make sure that no one shows him or his teammates up, but it's ridiculous. How are you going to market your young player? And some people are like, oh, well, he had the bat flip. Who cares? Who cares about bat flips? Honestly, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not an old man, who cares? Because what other sport do you know of, and I guess you could have said football a few years ago, and you can still kind of say it now, but not as much. What other sport do you know that won't make changes that just make obvious sense at this point because of a bunch of old men who don't want it to happen? It's ridiculous. No, it's baseball. It's just There's insane. so many things, small tweaks and stuff that they could do to help market baseball to a younger audience, but they just don't do it. They just refuse to do it. They're going to pay the price eventually. Right. No one no one cares about the game the way they used to anymore. And, yeah, I get it. You still have your big audience because it's all those people who were kids in the 70s and the 80s who now have the money to go to games. But kids don't care about the game the same way they used to because it's in the past. You know, you got guys throwing at defenseless players and that's supposed to market your game somehow. I mean, I get it, fights are exciting and all that kind of stuff, but that's not the direction you want to go. You want to go in a direction where your young players who are going off like an Acuna are out there and doing their thing and doing it as often as possible and not getting 97 mile per hour pitches, which and the stat has been everywhere, was in like the top 99 percentile of Urania's pitches this season, that's that's just ridiculous. So if I'm Rob Manfred, I suspend Urania for the rest of the season. I don't know why he didn't, because it hurts the game, is what it does. It hurts the game, it hurts their product, it hurts who they can reach, and when you can't reach as many people, you don't make as much money. So he's directly affecting the revenue of the league. And I get it, it's just like a small bit. But if we continue to allow this tradition, if you want to call it that, to continue, we're not going to go anywhere good. So that's just my, that's right, my piece off, on that. Sorry, I had to get that little yeah, wow. rant out. I guess I, so. I just, I'm upset because yeah, I'm like, yeah. a big baseball fan. Big baseball fan. But it's hard because... A lot of people our age, and especially once you start to get even younger and younger... Try being a White Sox fan, dude. Okay, but try being a Cubs fan in, like, 2011. They're essentially the same thing. I will say baseball, and the White Sox specifically, had a nice little bit for the game. There was a nun throughout Mm. the first pitch for the White Sox yesterday. 
Any thoughts uh, on the nasty twelve six football? <laughs> nasty I thought Alex yeah. twelve six means before we started today. He did. He did. Way to throw me under the bus there. I mean, well, because you sent the text, you were like, "Yeah, na- that was a nasty curveball right there." And I looked yeah, at it. I was Alex? like, I didn't think Alex knew. Yeah, I didn't think Alex knew those words hey, like went together. I know that nasty sentence, is an adjective. But, well, yeah, but I just didn't know if you knew it like went with curveball. So, Sister Mary Joe. I'm going to kill this Sobiek, I think, from Marian Catholic High School oh, out there curve. throwing curveballs. And it, it wasn't, like, outside of the zone. Uh, like, let's if relax someone there, threw buddy. that pitch in a game, they might get <laughs> someone to swing. Every time you swing a bat, it sure. looks like you're going to hurt yourself. I mean, so, like, I I'm, just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I do I do a little bit. <laughs> there you go. So shout out to Sister Mary Jo. I don't know if she uh, beats the sister from uh, sister Loyal, Jean. I think. She has a special place in the heart of the nation. <laughs> but most annoying things at a game. So I was at a game about a week ago, and I was at the end of the aisle, which is great. The end of the aisle, I would argue, is the best place you can sit because it's easy access to get in if you need to go to the bathroom, whatever. These people in the middle of the row kept leaving to go get beer. And I don't mean like they left like three times during the game. I mean like three times every inning. These people would get up and go on a beer run for them and their friends. Oh, they know there's a beer guy. That's my point. That is my most annoying thing at games, is people who get up to go buy beer. Like, there's a person who comes around and brings the beer to you. You don't have to go anywhere. It's the same price you're not going to save any money by getting up and going to get it yourself. It's ridiculous. And then you keep getting in the way of fans trying to watch the game. It's just, it's so annoying. Wrigley Field is a party, man. It's, it's more about the atmosphere than the baseball for most people, I would I would say. At least half. That's why I like going yeah. to baseball games. Here's what you got to do. You got to go to a Sox game where you get the whole row to yourself. Because nobody else is there. Mm. So you can just spread out and lay down in the bleachers <laughs> or something. And right. you don't got right. any problems like that. Pretty close. On weekdays, if it's like a... It's taking you know, a nap. Not, not the best weather out there on like a Pretty Wednesday much. afternoon, man. Nothing better. I go back. Luke, tomorrow, are we going so. to a weekday game before I go back to school? On Friday, maybe. Okay. All right, great. So how about you guys? Most annoying things for you when you go to a game? Uh, the weather is never perfect. Like, ever. It's usually, like, we go to the Bears game on Christmas Eve. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. And then the last time I went to a Sox game on Father's <laughs> Day, I sweat. It was just so hot outside. Or that Purdue game we went to last year where they got messed up by Michigan. Oh, that was, that was It was rough. just so hot outside. Yeah, jerseys yeah, were clean. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's my problem. The weather is, is never perfect. And I, I like being outside as, as much as the next guy, but, like, just sitting there in what is usually uncomfortable. Because if you sit there long enough even if it's just like a little bit uncomfortable it gets worse and worse the longer you're just sitting there you know so yeah that's my that's my thing because you you can't go anywhere you're just there mine might be if you're playing a home game like dude from the other team that's not sitting in his section that's alone and every time his team does something good feels the need to like stand up and scream about it and like look all around and like clap you can but just like he's not with anyone. Me. You know what I mean? You, know, you can just <laughs> yeah. You you took me. To You're that the game. most annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you. All right. Look, it's you. It's not my fault that he thought it was a good idea to take as a Purdue fan to take me, a Michigan fan, to a football game. I don't know what he anticipated happening. I, there was 
not one part of your body that didn't have like Actually, some issue. I took all my it. freaking clothes off because it was so hot outside. So that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> when we arrived. Well, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be an issue for me because I have nothing Purdue wise to wear. That's okay. And we're gonna be at the game in what two Four weeks? Like two weeks now? Just don't wear Northwestern gear, and you won't be the most annoying thing to me. I think we're wearing all purple, Matt. So just wear all purple is what you're saying. You and me. Okay. I'm not Uh, actually a Northwestern fan, but... Okay, fair enough. So I'm going to wrap back around. If you want to keep piling on, we can can do that. We have a bunch of time. We're only at like 47 minutes so far, and usually we go like an hour and 15. (laughs) So I guess we have a bunch of time to kill. For me, the most annoying fans are the ones who don't really want to be there. Interesting take. I can complaining. see it. Mm. Like, yeah, or, well, just like complaining that it's too long or having to have every single thing explained to them, but then them not really caring about what was just explained to them. Mm. Or my favorite, and when I say favorite, I mean least favorite, are the people who, like, bring a laptop or a book or something, and they, like, sit there and they'll, like, read the book at the game. It's like, this why don't you just stay like home and put the TV on? I've never seen someone read a book at a football game. <laughs> and it, it might be. I mean, I go I go to baseball games more than anything else. But, you yeah, know, was, there was a Cubs game I was at, and this lady a couple rows ahead of me, I don't know, it was maybe like the third inning, they, like, pulled out a book in, like, their laptop, and they were, like, working on something, and they were, like, reading their book a little bit. And there was a foul ball that came up by us, and if it would have been hit just a little bit softer, she would have got clocked in the head, fever pitch. I bet style. you were rooting for that too, and like just a little bit. It just <laughs> see it's a like little a soft bit, one. and I feel bad for soft it. One I feel hit, bad hit the book. for it, but just to like and see now I look like a hypocrite because I just got yeah, all just over like, like Urania for you know people getting hit and uh, but I think it's right. I don't want mm. I don't want her to get injured personally, but just like you want her to be. I want her stuff to get messed up so she. Mm. I want her to respect the game. You know? Because you never know. Maybe someone who really likes baseball could have had that ticket and that seat, but she uh, she needed to be there. Or he. I don't I don't want to, you know, limit it to... Uh, you know, uh, another little piece of news, actually, um, in the international soccer world. The U.S. has a friendly coming up against Brazil, and uh, the I don't know if he will actually play in the game, but uh, Brazil is calling up uh, Neymar and Coutinho for for that game, which is not great for the United States. It's just a friendly, so it's not like the most serious thing in the world, but I don't have any idea. First of all, the U.S. doesn't have a manager right now, so that's a problem. They're still rocking with the interim while they look for somebody. And um, I would like to see the the, the young pups on the U.S. team get some work, but uh, I really don't want to just see Neymar just style all over them and flop all over the place and ruin the experience. Is Pulisic play? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they have announced the rosters yet. Well, if he plays, I'll watch. See, my thing, if you don't even have a manager and, okay, you throw out the name Neymar. Like, if Neymar is coming to play your team, 
and you don't even have a manager, and you don't even have a guy out there who has the same level well, of look, name it's recognition. It's just a friendly, so that's not like, a free guy here. It's not like a World Cup qualifier or that's anything like that, which is why they don't have a coach, by the way, because he got canned after that or he resigned either way. So it's not like the biggest thing in the world, but I like to see the young guys. I really, um, obviously everybody knows Pulisic, even if you're not a soccer fan, but another guy that I've been keeping my eye on is um, Timothy Weah over at PSG. Actually got a start the other day because some of the uh, guys that were on France's World Cup team, PSG's in Paris, for those who don't know, some of the guys that were on France's World Cup team have been easing back into their club responsibilities because they had such a late run. So uh, Weah got a start, and um, he's played pretty well in the preseason. So I'm happy to see. I'd like to see him out there. Any any final thoughts about the sporting world? Yeah, I got nothing else. Okay. So that is it for episode three. Again, remember to give us a follow on Twitter at Studio C Sports. We're going to get some other social media going in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try and get an Instagram put together and a uh, Facebook put together. Of course, you can reach us on SoundCloud or iTunes, and when you do that, make sure to leave us a rating, and hopefully a good rating if you like this. Just, if not, just give maybe, us five stars, and then the you can there. just, just tell like, us how much you don't like Shoot us an email at Studio C Sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That works. Just give us give us a really good rating, and just be like, Alex sucks. Uh, he doesn't know anything about baseball. All right. Uh, I can't even argue and that. And then uh, it'll, it'll be good. There you go. Okay. See ya in, I don't know, a week? Two weeks? Yeah. We'll be talking about college football next time, so get ready for that. This has been Studio C Sports. I've been Matt Hale. For Luke Schronowski and Alex Prine, have a great rest of your day. All right, so uh, do you want me to, like, mute myself so we can do the the audio thing? All right, my, I'm still recording, so...